This podcast is brought to you by Pop Spotting, a new show coming this summer covering everything else. Movies, music, television, books, plus interviews, trivia contests, and much more. Learn more at popspotting.net. The Transmission, episode 98, May 24th, 2010. Feel any different? Not really. Well, Doc... How about you come down off the mountaintop and tell us what the hell the burning bush had to say for itself? Aloha from the Island Lost fans. You are tuned into the transmission. This is a podcast devoted to the show Lost on ABC. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jen. And we are, for the first time, coming to you from the other side. Oh the story of Lost has now completely been told, and we are here with our initial reactions to the final chapter. Yes, and however unprepared, inadequate, or incomplete they are, we did want to get you this shortwave transmission to help you through this week, because we certainly are probably going to be walking around in a daze trying to process everything that happened in the end. We're going to skip our usual eight-minute recap, and we're going to jump straight to our thoughts on the series finale. Then we're going to hear some initial reactions from you all, everybody, with some of the first calls to come in on the Lost Line. And then we'll wrap things up with a special musical meditation from a Lost fan in New Jersey. We know that there's going to be a lot more to say about the series finale, hence the initial reaction. And uh, we're coming at this fresh and pretty exhausted. We had a very long and wonderful Lost We've day. been going actually since 6.30 this morning. We led a Lost tour at Kualoa Ranch. Yeah, and it was uh, beautiful. It was amazing to basically surround ourselves in the epic, uh, beautiful birthplace of Lost, kind of like a visit to Mecca to start off our day. And here we are finishing it, but the conversation is certainly not over. So we will be back on our regular day this upcoming Sunday with a full episode of The Transmission devoted to the end. So please stop by the blog and join the conversation there. It's at hawaiiup.com slash lost. Email us at lost at hawaiiup.com or leave a message on the lost line at 815-310-0808. But uh, there's no time like the present. Are you ready? Let's get lost. We have just witnessed the end of Lost. I mean, it's certainly a point I didn't think we would ever come to. It seemed so far away. Yeah, it did. Even when they announced the end date and we were excited about that possible, you know, narrative closure, uh, I'm still not prepared for it. I still can't believe that we're here, like you said, on the other side of Lost. Um, But that was it. That was the final chapter. And I guess I'm asking you for almost the last time, Jen. How did you like it? I am so tired. (laughs) I can't even yeah. begin to really think of what I just saw and, and what it all means. I think when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to be pretty happy with what we saw, even though I might be a little confused by it. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways it's the perfect ending because there is a lot to confuse you and make you think about it, and I'm still kind of processing it. And uh, we, I certainly didn't expect the finale to wrap everything up. Not every every mystery would be wrapped up. I wanted something that felt right. And so to me... This finale felt right. It was just, I can't think of a better word than beautiful. It just hit all the right notes. It covered just enough. It resolved uh, major story points. But what it really was was a farewell, a closure. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, metaphorical certainly farewell going Mm -hmm. on as well. But there was no 
doubt in my mind that what we were seeing was as much a sort of outside of the fourth wall gift and farewell to viewers and people who followed the show as it was to an end of the story. And, and for all of those things, I definitely loved it. I mean, I think it's interesting that you said that when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're probably going to love it even more. And I can sort of see that. And I think I personally think that I'll love it more as well. But I also think that at this point, this exhaustion that you mentioned, this late night, this haze, this disbelief that we've reached to this point, all of these combinations of overwhelming emotion, uh, this is what I really want to savor. Even if it isn't entirely clear, this is, to me, the best part now of this experience. Because given some time, given uh, the time we'll give before our next podcast, we'll probably come up with a lot of little things. I mean, mechanically already, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think of things that uh, kind of confound me or frustrate me and, and like, what about this and wait what are they saying there and uh, I'm sort of looking forward to that as I am like any discussion of Shakespeare or any other work of art but right now I'm just at that uh, seeing the Mona Lisa on the wall and being wowed by it and I I Mm kind of want to stay here for a while but you know there certainly was that point uh, very near the end when Christian Shepherd starts talking and uh, wires start crossing in my brain and I start seeing sparks and I'm totally confused and that definitely did require a deep breath and a reprocessing. My understanding, and tell me if you think I read it wrong, but they are saying that everything that happened on the island happened. That's that, that, what I'm yeah, thinking, yes. They're, they're not saying everything was whatever that flash sideways was, but what we were seeing, um, to some extent, what we had sort of, what many people had suspected at the start of season six was that the flash sideways was the denouement. It was what comes after, in a way, and in that sense, it's the it's the purgatory. It's right. the afterlife. I like, though, that they are saying what happened on the island happened. Jacob did bring broken people to the island to protect this great light. He had these candidates. I did like that, uh, you know, putting out the light did apparently begin the process of destroying the island and uh, jack did get to kill the man in black because of his little loophole i mean when you think about it you're thinking how do you destroy the smoke monster that can have bullets sort of bounce off him but Mm -hmm. he becomes mortal when the light is out so but he have... wasn't really aware of that. I mean, I think he was taking a huge gamble in taking Jack and Desmond down there because he wasn't really sure what was going to happen right. once the light went out. I, I, and I love that nobody knew and that in, to some extent, perhaps as what frequently happens on Lost, both of them were right in mm-hmm. a way. But uh, Locke feels very confident that he was correct as the island begins to rumble and then he gets punched in the face and realizes that his immortality or you know, his invincibility is gone. Right. So I like that they do get to destroy him. Jack does get to kill Locke because of this loophole where he's vulnerable, at well, least while the light is out. Kate was the one who shot him. That's, that's true. Kate, Kate shoots him, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, I then... loved Kate at the end. <laughs> Why couldn't she have been like that through the whole show? Well, we said that at the end of the last episode, yeah. and I think that this is actually perfect for her arc, and she it was leading right up until this point where she takes charge. She grabs the gun earlier on, and here she does finally save a bullet for, for Locke, and they kill him. And But I didn't anticipate that you could turn the light back on and stop the island from sinking, and so there is still an island for to, to be protected. But uh, you have that great sequence where Jack's death essentially mirrors the opening scenes of uh, the entire series. Beautiful. And um, he does pick a new successor right away with the little ceremony and picks Hurley. Yes, Hurley <laughs> is in fact key to the whole game. I thought that was great. And he picks Ben as uh, his sidekick. And, you know, that cycle continues. The cycle that we have been watching for all of Lost continues. That's great. It's really just repro- reprocessing the flash sideways. And again, this suggestion of 
purgatory, which is something that uh, we were all obsessed with and tried to dismiss. And uh, I don't know, I'd love that they got away with a purgatory scenario, but it wasn't the whole show. It was just this last, you know, this last season. Well, see, I was never comfortable with the idea of a purgatory in a universal sense. Like everybody has the same purgatory. The scene that sticks out in my mind is Ben is having a conversation with Hurley in which he tells Hurley, help Desmond get home and also Mm. do what you do best help people so maybe the los angeles purgatory situation is a construct of hurley's it's his way of helping his friends come together and find the light i like that i i mean that's that actually i like better than what i i'm not sure if i agree that that's exactly what happened because there, the scene when Christian Shepherd is talking to Jack and they're in the room with the empty coffin mm-hmm. and you know he goes how are you here Jack and Jack realizes that they're all dead and he basically goes through this explanation it did sound like a uh, grand unified theory of the universe and that what we're all experiencing is uh, sort of a resolution before we can pass to the great beyond the great golden light um, but yeah I definitely like that a lot now I, I, that definitely adds context to that scene you know, help Desmond get home how would he do that he can't leave the island but you can do that in the soul way in the spiritual way i have to say matthew fox's face when he's talking to his father it was amazing i couldn't believe how brilliantly acted that scene was. again i mean the weight of what christian shepherd has to say the absolute you know mind-blowing nature of those simple lines of dialogue could not have worked with anyone else. No. I, I, I totally agree. Um, and that scene was completely devoid of music. It was dead yeah. silent when they're talking. And I just, it was extremely powerful. And I bought it. So whether it was a construct of Hurley or whether indeed they were all in the great waiting room for the great beyond, uh, I like I said, I there was the part of me going, oh my God, they are not going there. They, what did he just say? No. But I, I think deep down, I was already sold. I said, okay, I accept that again because they were talking about the flash sideways and not the entire show. At least I hope that's what I'm taking away from this, at least. Now, all that said, everything that was explained, what happened on the island and what was going on in this flash sideways world, Lost still could not resist dropping these big question marks. And for me, what I can't figure out is... All right, everyone on the island died, and so that's how they're coming together in the church, Mm -hmm. or the metaphorical church, or whatever. But we saw, you know, the plane take off. We saw Kate and Sawyer and uh, Claire, but we see them in that church. We see them in there. We see Aaron with them in the church. Aaron, who wasn't on the island. Aaron was with Kate's mom. How are they in the church? I mean, what does that mean? When they showed that wreckage at the very end, it wasn't part of the show because it was over the credits. It was Mm -hmm. after the the end that wasn't the thud that, you know, the logo comes up and I catch my breath and then they have this shot of what looks like the oceanic plane back on the beach. But Mm -hmm. part of me was like, is that Ajira 316? Are they saying that the plane didn't make it? So is that what that means, that the plane didn't make it? There's that dark twist. I love that. It's like a black cloud and an otherwise perfectly blue sky. It's, it's you know, you're expecting that, is dark. that there's going to be a completely happy sunshine and rainbows ending. Because I thought that's what we got. Well, yeah, and to an, an extent, way, yeah. It, it, it frustrated me and it confounded my expectations to maybe get something a little edgier. So, yeah, if what they're saying is the plane didn't make it, that was the Ajira wreckage, that's 
awful and beautiful and wonderful, but that doesn't... So how do you explain Aaron? How do you explain, you know, the people who are there or who aren't there? Christian Shepherd tells Jack there is no now. This is not in a time. It's... I mean, Aaron could have grown up to be an old man. We don't know. Rose and Bernard were there also in the church. I mean, I can imagine that Rose and Bernard hung around for a much longer time. Oh, so that's what it means. Uh, that's... Uh, that's definitely what it means. When you think about uh, what Ben and Hurley say to each other, you know, we see on the island that Hurley picks Ben as his second in command. And right. they say in the flash sideways, you were a great number two and you were a great number one. And they're talking as if they had some great epic life on the island in the past yeah. tense when I'm thinking that was a pretty short tenure if they're already dead and in the church. But no, you're saying that, yes, when they turn up in this they turn up in this uh, world, it could be after a full, complete life. There is no specific timeline to them. So that, That's what I think. Well, what, what does it mean that Ben didn't go in, though? Hurley's in there, so Hurley did finish his time as the new Jacob, uh, maybe got stabbed by a candidate, but wh- wh- why did Ben not go in? I don't know. He's waiting for somebody. He's got work to do in purgatory. Who knows? It could be a number of things. Or maybe he's still just kicking about on the. Or do you maybe do you think you don't show up in L.A. until you're actually dead? I guess that's what that that means. So he's yeah. He just has unfinished business. He mm-hmm. has because you know Ana Lucia wasn't there, and Ana Lucia was not ready. You know that's so true. I think there are still people running around in L.A. And I think that's the explanation for anybody that we might not see in the church, um, even though it might be related to casting and availability of actors more than anything. But that's the rationale for why they might not be there. They're right. not quite done. Wow. Well, I, just overall, though, I thought it was a beautiful episode. You mm-hmm. know, I think I just want to savor that more than anything before over the next few days we pick it apart. Um, just the, the the feel of it. I mean, in a way, it was almost like a clip show. Part of me was like, this sort of feels a little bit like a clip show because every time in the Flash Sideways, they have the touch and they have the flash and there are some really moving, touching moments. I definitely cried more than once. But I'm thinking, wow, this is sort of like a retrospective in and of itself. You know, right. it's almost meta in that way. But still, it worked for me. I think that it was uh, it was just really well done. It had all the right emotional notes. The opening montage was so beautiful. Just seeing um, each character in the flash sideways and on the island. I just thought between what we saw and the music, it was just, I think, Definitely. the best opening of any finale right. ever. I, I, it, it definitely got me, and they were flashing effortlessly between the two worlds, and it was just really well done. And I think, yeah, I agree. From that point all the way through to that uh, incredibly symbolic ending, uh, I think it worked. I think it was a fantastic package. Uh, I feel more and more strongly just talking that I loved it. I did too. Uh, and yes, I mean, many people sort of predicted that the Flash Sideways was the denouement, was the essentially happy ending for our characters. I also think, narratively speaking, it was necessary. There was no way that you could see the story on the island wrap up by itself. I mean, yes, you know, Jack finds a loophole, kills the man in black, saves the island from sinking, etc. That's probably not enough. No. And so you want to see what sort of becomes of, the, if not the the characters' mortal selves, at least their, you know, their spiritual selves. So mm-hmm. I think that the Flash Sideways were necessary. I think that they were indeed folded in well. Um, you know, we had all these grand themes that they'd get back on the plane in L.A. and sort of fly back to the island, and you were like, how are they going to fit all of that in? And so I think that in many ways, this is the only way that that, that could have happened. It just makes perfect sense. Yeah, I agree. So I loved it. I am satisfied. I mean, what do you think? We've been sitting here 
for almost six years, either blogging or talking late into the night, trying stifling yawns and thinking we're crazy for talking ourselves in circles. <laughs> was this worthwhile? It's Just- going to be hard to say definitively for a long time, maybe. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to pick apart. Mm -hmm. People are going to be talking about this for years. I don't think anybody is really going to be able to definitively say that they're satisfied Mm. for a while. Well, but my initial reaction, I mean, that's what this is, is good. I'm going to go to bed tonight, I think, um, feeling very warm and fussy inside. Um, so those are the broad strokes. I mean, I guess the big picture, as best as we can wrap our brains around it at this <laughs> point. Um, but I did want to go through the episode and sort of talk about all of the things that we noticed and we liked or had questions about because there were a lot. There was a lot in this episode. There was we, tons. We were yeah. just sitting there yelling things out and confusing the heck out of our kids. So let's start with the flash sideways. Um, very early on, I immediately latched on to Desmond's line where he's ready to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, previous has been, you know, either let go or, you know, see the light, see the truth. And at that point, he's saying he wants to leave. And if, at first, we're all thinking that's what's going to happen. He's going to get on a plane to go back to the island. He's going to sort of fix things somehow to put them back on that initial track. But now with the full context of what the flash sideways were, in fact, going back several through the entire flash sideways, I like that it makes sense when they're talking about being ready and uh, wanting to leave, you know, finally to pass through. I, I just thought that was definitely beautiful. There's actually, a, a, Kate has a really great line when she's talking to Desmond early on. Um, Desmond tells her Christian Shepherd's name and she says, Christian Shepherd, really? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because, you know, for even even a, a, a casual viewer of Lost cannot, you know, miss the symbolism in that name. Course, it's about yeah. time that it gets brought up. And in many ways, both it, Desmond's character is sort of acting as a Christian shepherd, if you want to go with the, the basic Catholic or Christian metaphors. And also, in Christian shepherd is, in many ways, I think, that character as well. And certainly when he comes to deliver that uh, that final message to Jack, I definitely think that that was definitely fitting. Definitely a great line. I liked how in all of these uh, moments now, as everybody begins to see the light in the flash sideways, they come to immediately recognize each other and Uh the significance of it. And some are just really effective. Just that goofy, goofy look on Hurley's face when he goes to see, you know, stoned out Charlie in the (laughs) motel. And he's just, he's got that goofy grin. And Charlie's like, what's your problem? And you feel what Hurley feels. I mean, once again, we're in Hurley's shoes. We as the viewers... And Hurley knows what's really going on, the big picture, and he's just waiting for his friend to come around. I don't know. I just definitely thought that was a great moment. It was so wonderful to see Juliet. Beautiful. Well done. I mean, definitely the number one prediction in terms of who was going to be, you know, uh, David's mom, who was going to be Jack's ex, and how that context would come together. Of course, she's the doctor to help son with her complicated pregnancy. That all fit together well. In fact, I love that they get Sawyer involved because Saeed escapes, so he wants to protect the witness. So all of that, you know, just great mechanics in terms of bringing them together again. But yes, Juliet's here, and uh, I definitely thought it it was great to see her. And she calls her of Juliet Carlson. Which means which, she never marries uh, Burke, whatever his name is, Burke. Right. Uh, but Carlson was her sister's name, so that right. must be what her maiden name was. So I, she did not keep Shepherd if she became a Shepherd at all. But uh, definitely very, very good to see her. And indeed, I mean, in terms of payoff, in terms of things we're waiting for, they connected it to the scenes with uh, Juliet and Sawyer at the bottom of the well oh, at the beginning of this yeah, episode. Yeah, the whole we'll go Dutch thing. And right. it's, it's so beautiful that, that she says, 
um, we'll go Dutch because Sawyer spends his last dollar on a candy bar. Exactly. Yeah. You're wondering why the way that that kind of played out. What I, I think what was really daring and perhaps upsetting, but to me I laughed out loud, was when she says, it worked. You know, yeah. we were so focused on the line. It worked. The bomb worked. Jughead worked. That's what she's saying at the beginning of the season. But she is talking about the vending machine. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I, I mean... So in many ways, all of those theories about what Jughead did and how it created the Flash sideways, all of that is, doesn't, isn't there. All, yeah, Jughead was a red herring. Well, really... Jughead just sent them back to the present, right. reunited all of our characters. But all of those other great theories, all of those other great possibilities created by the Jughead bomb, sorry, folks, it was just the vending machine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I smacked my forehead. I could not believe that that's essentially what they're saying. Maybe I'm wrong, but if, that, if even with that, I think that it was a great twist. I found Sun and Jin's flashes very emotionally compelling, too. Oh, absolutely. Again, you know, clip show moment or not, you know, montage with music. We've seen Up. I mean, we can see how strong <laughs> those kinds of things done well can, can work. And uh, yeah, I, 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 it definitely got me right there. We saw, again, the journey that we went through on those with those characters. We saw Juliet performing the ultrasound on, on Sun again, and that's kind of where everything started. And immediately they knew, you know, starting with the, the sex of the baby and mm-hmm. they knew her name and, and they and they could speak English. And I just love the way that it all came together. Right. They, they immediately become themselves or as we knew them on the island. Definitely a great moment. Uh, who else had flashes? Finally? Saeed and Shannon. Said and Shannon. I mean, yes, there's something I didn't see coming. That, that's uh, something you... I can say I didn't enjoy. Really? Well... Be- because of everything we're supposed to believe about Nadia. We definitely. have been told that Nadia is the love of Saeed's life. And we know that this L.A. sideways world was a little bit complicated because she had married Saeed's brother. But that doesn't change the fact that he went looking for her. That's true. It doesn't change the fact that he pined after her. And to just bring up Shannon again and to say to us, well, these two were meant to be together just didn't ring true to me. I can see. I mean, I was about to say, well, but we found that, you know, Nadia had married her brother and maybe that's the way it was supposed to have been all along. But that wasn't exactly the best relationship. I mean, he certainly wasn't the best guy for her, I would say. No. And this was all again in the flash sideways anyway. It's not like this has actually happened. So what was, what is the meaning of that? I, I, I can see that. I, I, I thought it was neat to just see Shannon and Boone again. So I was mostly focused focusing on those cameos. But mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of the greater arc for, for Saeed, that is problematic. I, I did like that Hurley spells out for him that your issue, Saeed, is you believe when people tell you you're a bad person mm-hmm. and then you just need to do the right thing. And then he is presented with that opportunity to go and rescue Shannon. And, you know, he says you're a good guy and all of that. I mean, so for, for, for Saeed's um, coming of awareness, I thought that was pretty good. But yeah, Shannon might not have necessarily been the most satisfying way for him to wake up. Uh, but how could I forget the last great awakening here in the Flash Sideways? The last people I think to basically see the truth of what is going on was Charlie and Claire when Claire goes into labor at the museum. The whole scene mirrored the first birth on the island. You know, exactly. With Kate delivering Aaron and Charlie being sent off for supplies to to only get back to late. <laughs> I mean, it was like a mirroring except for that random roadie guy. I don't know what that guy's deal was. Yeah, the first guy that Claire asks for help and he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, I don't think there was a, well, wait a minute. Sawyer was in the jungle watching them oh, in the in, on the jung, in the jungle later somehow. So maybe that's sort of how that's mirrored. I don't know. But definitely a, a great scene. I liked basically the, the way that the actors are 
able to portray that epiphany in their minds when Charlie and Claire uh, recognize each other. Uh, they recognize Aaron as being Aaron, and they cu- cuddle together. And it's just it's just a beautiful moment because you remember how the three of them were essentially a family unit on the island. I love that there was such a contrast between the island scene where Claire gave birth the first time in the nice, cozy, warm, dry dressing room that she gave birth in in this episode. Mm -hmm. I loved how the scene was exactly the same, but completely different. Yeah, definitely a big difference between the jungle and uh, the back office of a, of a mu- museum, certainly. I liked uh, a lot of the lines of dialogue, of course, in the Flash Sideways, um, fed to us to make these connections. In fact, one uh, definitely almost predicted, essentially, by one of our callers in our last podcast, was you know Jack saying to Locke right before his surgery that, well, there's always a chance that I could kill you, <laughs> um, you know, but he's trying to save him in the Flash Sideways, even though he is trying to kill him on the island. I thought that was great. Of course, see you on the other side, which mm-hmm. had a lot more meaning than I think even he was aware of at the time. Uh, any lines jumped out at you? The line that baked my noodle was Locke saying to Jack, you don't have a son. That's kind of the the part. Ah, that's kind yeah. of the moment where I realized that something was not quite what I thought it was. Well, you know, that's actually a good issue is who was Jackson? What was he in the Flash Sideways? He does not exist in the universe that supposedly spawns the Flash Sideways. He did not exist for the Jack that was on the island that dies and finds himself in the Flash Sideways. So is he just a construct, just something to help Jack resolve whatever issues he needed to resolve to walk into the light? Or I, I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't really considered... David until now in in that light and and I guess he was probably imaginary. I That's mean, fascinating. I mean, well, okay. I guess what are we doing? All of the Flash Sideways is essentially imaginary, but there's a parallel, or you know, there's a connection that I'm having a hard time making. Maybe it was that Jack had sort of a paternal relationship with Aaron in the original world, and so he did have to have some kind of a son to fill that role for his personality. I don't know, but. Wow, there's definitely a tough one. I, I liked the way that Jack, you know, and Juliet sort of had some re- good amount of chemistry in the Flash Sideways. And I liked the line where he says, oh, don't worry about meeting my sister. You're going to love her. She's really pregnant. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought that was definitely a good line. As we see everybody working past their issues and making amends, the most important one to me was Ben apologizing to Locke and Locke forgiving him. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, there's so much baggage between the two of them. I mean, definitely great adversaries. uh, And somehow this conversation outside the church just clears it all up. It sort of washes it away. And I'm not sure if it was entirely enough, except that, again, I think what Ben knows when he's sitting outside the church is the reality of his situation, that, you know, what's actually going on in the Flash Sideways. So he basically does apologize and says that it's important to get that forgiveness from Locke, Mm -hmm. but he's still not done, right? right? He doesn't go in because he's still not done so in some ways i liked how that apology happened but that it there's that it's still not quite enough because i wasn't sure it was enough definitely a nice touch there well the end of the flash sideways was in fact actually the very end of our characters so not just the end of their corporeal selves but their spiritual ones as well and they all congregate in a church they're all bathed in a great golden light uh, 
Was that, how did you like that? I thought it was only fitting considering mm. all the references to religion and faith and redemption. I mean, where else would it have ended? I agree. I mean, at first I'm thinking, oh, there is sort of the cheese ball side of me that says, that's a bit much, you know, that you go to church to receive the great light of salvation or whatever it was that they're accepting. Um, but this show has not been shy about those themes. The churches no. have factored heavily and all of these themes have factored heavily. Um, am I thinking maybe it was very Christian versus something else. I don't think so. I think that what they are kind of going for is a more broad statement of that. I, I wouldn't necessarily take it as saying that this was a specifically Christian story, but uh, that was definitely something worthy of some thought. Well, that was the ever after or the eternal ending of Lost, but on the island is in fact the ending of the story, the plot that we've been following since uh, episode one, season one, since the pilot, the people coming to the island and turning out to be candidates, replacing Jacob, etc. cetera. Uh, and I thought that it was pretty satisfying as well. I did too. Um, I do think that some of it was a little uh, mechanical. And so, in a, again, I think the flash sideways was necessary to even out what might have been a little too simplistic in terms of how things go on the island. You know, they, they go in to see the light. It's a, it's a cork we've got a cork it's a cork <laughs> in the ground you pull out the cork and that's bad put the cork back everything's fine so you know the that cork is a literal cork it is it actually is and so part of me is like uh, if that's all we had if that was all of lost i might be just a little flat on it so everything altogether, though i think it worked very well i mean it was a very clear i think ending for that story so um stepping through the on island story what things jumped out at you the big thing for me was Rose and Bernard because I've been really wondering about them for a while. It seems like they've taken themselves out of what's happening on right, the island right. by by choosing to live apart from everybody and and to you know cut every communication. And we see them in the church at the end, and I'm wondering what does their taking themselves out of everything mean for them in the afterlife? Yeah. What was the purpose? Because it seems to me like when somebody lets go of their own personal issues, they die, but, right. but they stayed on the island. That's true. I mean, uh, usually on Lost, at least very early on, when a character does hit that resolution, they leave in death, and I guess they end up in Los Angeles. But <laughs> um, for the most part, Rose said, we're not going to play. It is our rules. They had their own rules. We're mm -hmm. not going to get involved. And... I, I guess by the fact that they show up in the church at the end, we know that they lived out this life that they loved. So it, But eventually it would come to an end, and that is what it means. But yeah, what does it mean in terms of the greater picture? What was their benefit? What was their uh, con contribution to everything? And, and that is kind of curious. Is that a valid choice that they made to not play the game? I mean, we've talked a lot about that philosophical position, and it's interesting that I don't think they made a very clear statement, as, at least as far as what that means with their characters. So right. that's, that's definitely a good question. I thought that it was almost too much that they gave us uh, two Star Wars references within the, uh, probably the first five minutes of the entire episode, actually. Well, the, the Yoda thing I was okay with. It He's was used that before. Yeah, it was the, I have a bad feeling about this. It kind of <laughs> made me, okay, you know, stop already. Well, he specifically, it, it would be what Hurley would say next of after course. he makes that line. Yeah. So, But I mean, 
they couldn't i mean what what series finale for lost would not involve at least a reference like that that was definitely cool um big things for me ben ben did not in fact turn bad he did yes get his revenge on widmore and Mm -hmm. so that was kind of cruel and he does follow Locke around and perhaps is a little upset that he's not actually going to get control of the island but by the walkie-talkie by connecting with miles it now i think sort of redeems him that he was never on unlock side i really liked how they were how, how they revealed that i thought it was i thought it was fittingly subtle and and kind of i mean i i didn't want anything that would obviously say okay ben really isn't with right. unlock and i just liked that it was kind of in a subtle way well, that i like yeah exactly that. you mean when the little yeah you know, the walkie talkie makes the noise and locks like what is that and he goes nothing and he i wasn't even sure off. that i'd heard right, that right. you know i thought that was pretty pretty cool um uh other big things albert not being dead i mean we it, it seemed like such a, a blunt end to such a great character and as we were discussing is the guy is immortal how can he be killed and in fact he wasn't but in fact the same thing that stops um, Unlock from being a uh, from being an invincible smoke monster super person, I guess, is what turns Albert into a mortal once again. You and know? the way that he finds out that he's mortal, I love that scene. Mm, definitely, he finds the gray hair. Yeah, and he's happy about it. You know, Miles is like, <laughs> "What's the deal?" He goes, and specifically his line that you know I've realized now that I want to live, because you think about it, if you are in a position like. Alperts where you can't die and you're trapped on this island you have this crappy job you're not motivated <laughs> to do anything you actually it's interesting that he was motivated in any way to some extent um and so what he's saying is now i have within me the desire to live you know i have now the sense of mortality and that actually drives me definitely a great moment there uh overarching themes weather comes up here significantly several references to a bad storm coming you know i thought that was kind of fascinating of course it all leads to the eventual start of the destruction of the island but even up prior to that point they kind of noticed oh there's a bad one coming you know there's a storm coming and rain and dark skies have always been a big part of lost i can imagine that that must have been just overwhelming to put together just the rain and, and the skies and the way that it was shot it was actually quite impressive and i'm kind of you know i have to go back and think about it like where where did the storm come in what did the rain mean because the rain did stop after they kicked lock off the cliff and so i'm thinking that's sort of you know even they took that as a signal that they don't have to worry about anything anymore right locks off the cliff sky is clear but then the island shakes again because they still have to fix the light in the cave but right. you know what did the rain mean up until that point and how what did it mean that it stopped when lock had died was lock bringing the the the, the storm there because he had become mortal with the extinguishing of the light i don't know definitely um something worth further thought uh well hey wait, we mentioned richard coming back here was an unlikely one frank is i not dead. did not see that coming and you, it was very gin like the way he came back right well you were the one that said you weren't entirely sure you he was done and i'm like come on he gets hit by a door they used they see jack step over his body getting out of the submarine how can he possibly be alive and when they showed that that you know trying scene when they're standing on the beach and they see the life preservers float up Mm -hmm. and i was saying that is an appropriate moment of mourning for everyone we lost on the submarine but nope sorry frank the pilot shows up (laughs) i thought it was kind of fascinating he goes if you haven't noticed i'm a pilot uh which is a great line but did miles or albert not 
recognize him? Or well, I think he was that... just being sarcastic. Sarky, right. Yeah. That it, why would you blow up the plane? I'm a pilot, I guess. But definitely, you know, kind of cool that he comes back. You know, the the twinkle in his eye when he first walks up to that plane like three or four weeks ago, and he goes, "Let's see if this baby can fly." Part of me was really sad that he didn't have that satisfaction of flipping the switches, and then uh-huh. he ended up doing it. So I, for one, you know, I'm was kind of glad to see Frank back. Definitely. Um, you'd mentioned early on, and I definitely want to reiterate that uh, Kate again is a strong-willed and certainly purpose-driven character in this episode. She's, you know, I the scene where she shoots Locke and says, I saved a bullet for you. That made me cheer. It made me happy inside. Definitely a fantastic episode for Kate. Right back to when she's lying on the beach and getting sewn up and says we have to kill him. She's serious about that plan. I mean, talk about uh, giving her a singular vision, the destruction of Unlock. And, you know, she, when they, I was surprised, in fact, when they bump into Locke, you know, on the hill. You know, they both come from two sides and she just grabs the gun and starts firing away and everyone ducks and everything. I mean, that was like, whoa, Kate. Wow, Kate. I just definitely a great moment for Kate. She's become fearless or she became fearless. And, and I, you know, I'm having, I don't, I can't really isolate at what point she loses that fear and, and becomes this ball of, anger and violence (laughs) i mean because she's still concerned throughout this like where claire is let's get claire on the plane you know she has to be a part of this so that's still part of her mission as well but um is it the death of sun and jin i guess that's pretty much what motivates her and at that point you know because maybe it's because of jian and orphaning jian yeah so that might be mother now yeah that's the resonance that she's got but definitely i like that twist for her um I like that when Jack and they meet on the hill and Jack says, yep, it's me. And Locke basically says what everybody says, which is, you know, Jack, I I thought you were kind of an obvious choice. You know, (laughs) I was looking to be surprised considering who Jacob was. I thought that was a fantastic line. And when we heard it, I thought that that's their that's the writers writing away our skepticism. They're like saying, yes, we know Jack was the obvious choice. Deal with it. But then they confound her expectations. They turn that around because Jack has to actually do something that requires him to hand it off, and it's Hurley. So definitely cool. We were saying last week, you know, could it have been any of them? Kate, Hurley, you know, yes, it could have been Hurley. People have been saying for a long time that Hurley was the key to everything. So definitely a great twist there. We've been watching people in Sideways World become aware of what was happening on the island, and we were wondering if everybody on the island was aware of what was happening in Sideways World, but we get the definitive answer to that. We know that Desmond was aware of it because he tells Jack we can be where we can be with one people that we love. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that was an interesting reveal because at the, sa- at the same time it points out that, yes, Desmond sees the Flash Sideways World, and which we now know is some sort of afterlife. The way he describes it, yeah. that point in the episode is like he's describing the afterlife. And at that point, I'm going, wow, if that is what the... I mean, I guess we shouldn't be yeah. too shocked. That's sort of like our early hint mm-hmm. that he really meant it at that point. I like that, you know, Desmond, when he goes down there, he's essentially ready to die. He's accepted that he's ready to die. He's right. looking forward to dying because of where he will go, right? And he doesn't die. And that, to me, was... Uh, tied to the way that Eloise Hawking told him in the Flash Sideways that you're not ready yet. You know, he was completely ready to meet his maker, but he does not die. Um, presumably, he does eventually, but it doesn't happen at that point. I don't know. I just, I, I kind of thought that the way that he, they delayed his death kind of matched with the theme that what was going on in the Flash Sideways. I really enjoyed the shot of Locke 
and Jack looking down the waterfall. Oh, absolutely. It, it was, you know, beautiful. I just loved how it mirrored that central mystery back in season one. Where they're looking down the hatch. Right. I thought that that was definitely a great callback, a great um, just sort of reminder of how far they've come. They have the conversation about if there was a button down there, maybe we could argue about pushing it, you know, <laughs> just at, at once kind of mocking the ridiculousness and the futility of that situation, but also kind of referencing the underlying theme. So I did like that mirroring. It did it, it did kind of undermine it a little bit when during the flashes in the flash sideways, they show the shot of them looking down the hatch. I'm like, okay, well, you know, yeah, I kind of like that I recognize that. Now it sort of explains it for everybody. Yeah, we all would have gotten that. Right, which is was kind of our complaint about showing them finding the skeletons when they depicted the skeletons being laid. Right. But uh, their explanation, and I'll buy it, is they just want to show us the length of the journey that our characters have been through. Um, and cheesy or not, or over-explained or not, like I, like you said, I think it was still a beautiful image. You know, yeah. the camera pulling down and seeing them looking down. I absolutely love that. So Desmond does indeed pull the cork. The light goes out and basically all hell breaks loose. The mm-hmm. island does begin sinking into the ocean and talk about effects. Uh, I definitely was wowed by the dismantling, the collapse of the island, the distant shots of the the ridges disappearing, the cliff sides collapsing. I thought that was spectacular. It was riveting. I yeah. mean, it was... I, I think it's probably the the greatest effect sequence in the history of the show. Absolutely. And, and if you're going to depict what is essentially the end of the world, of this world, I think they definitely did a fair job. My jaw was on the floor. And as the island starts falling apart and, you know, Locke starts heading off to his boat, that's when we realize that he's mortal and he can be killed. And certainly that recognition on Locke's face when he feels the blood. I mean, I think that they were able to explain immediately what happened there without spelling it out so you know almost inverse of what we had just said i thought that was definitely a great moment uh and then they're going to basically start heading down to the ben saves hurley's life i mean who would have thought that ben the person who kidnaps and kills and and causes just havoc on the island would save hurley's life Yeah, i mean that was a fascinating development i mean in in a way it i guess it shows it's a way to show the inner nature of ben i mean we again we're we're saying that turns out he didn't really join unlock's team but here they show that in a moment of crisis in a moment of panic in a moment without an opportunity to think his first instinct is to save hurley's life so i agree that was definitely a good turn to again on the path of the redemption for our great Ben Linus but in any case yes so now they're off to the great confrontation on the cliffs trying to get to the boat right. and uh, talk about just unforgettable imagery all those aerial shots uh-huh. of, of them fighting and, and chasing each other was, was incredible well the funny thing is we were listening to the film spotting review of Robin Hood and you know it's directed by Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott has a very distinct style that he uses when depicting fight scenes it's mm-hmm. very you know the, the color is very desaturated and there's quick motion jump cuts and I felt like that whole sequence is very Ridley Scott-esque you know that's actually an apt uh, observation I, I didn't know exactly what I was seeing. I mean, some of it was unforgettable and, you know, burned in my mind. Um, but part of me was, uh, had to take a step back, was was a little taken out of the moment in the specific moment where Jack comes running at Locke and takes a flying leap at mm-hmm. him. Like he's shown coming at him in the air and uh, not quite Kung Fu, but uh, like Gladiator. Yeah. Like Ridley Scott. I mean, yeah. something about that move was so... Uh, 
stunning that uh, it, it definitely kind of gave, gave me pause. So I guess, yeah, it wasn't cheesy. It was. I uh, thought it was a de- definitely an homage. Right. They're just making some kind they're making a reference to it. I mean, certainly not an action sequence like any that we've seen on Lost and uh, definitely a memorable one that was fitting for the series finale. We know the origin of Jack's neck wound. Yes, finally. It was uh, J- uh, Locke just about ready to put an end to Jack's life. I like that. Uh, I mean, basically the life threatening wound that Jack gets when Locke finally does shove that dagger into um, Jack's abdomen uh-huh. fantastic mirroring in the sense that when we see him lie down you know at the very end in the bamboo jungle he has that wound basically in the same place that uh, in the pilot that kate's you know sews him up helps save his life and i guess that's the wound that that essentially kills him but how, I, I don't know i just like that mirroring how did he get the wound in the pilot i hmm. we well, don't I mean, ever really see him get the wound do we right he's just lying there hurt yeah. I, I, I mean, I, for me, since that's such an iconic and beginning of the show, I'd always assumed that it had been a result of the crash. But that's a fair question in terms of what we've just seen, that are they trying to tell us something else? I don't know. That's starting to blow my mind. That if Okay, if, you're a, if a wound on your neck can translate to your physical but not existing self in the flash sideways, is it possible that a significant wound in your abdomen could have somehow transmitted to him in the original crash i'm not really sure (laughs) okay see now i'm starting to give myself a headache but i love uh that's definitely a great question so in any case uh, jack decides that he's got to go back and fix things but he wants his friends to try and escape and here they basically have that final parting you know jack uh, ben and hurley stay on the island but he sends uh, kate and sawyer off but just as you're thinking, oh, so that's basically the end of the final shipper question, right? Sawyer and Kate are going to leave the island and Jack is going to stay and protect it. Kate and Jack have that very deep, loving kiss on the side of the cliff. So do we have a final answer to that great mystery of loss? I don't think there is a final answer to the great <laughs> mystery of the love, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we know that in the afterlife, for whatever that means, Jack and and... Kate. Kate are together yeah. and Sawyer and Juliet that's true. are together. So I don't Maybe really know. Maybe that's what they're saying. I mean, the, I, I, to me, I saw it as them trying to have their cake and eat it too. But when I think about it further, the Jack and Kate on the island that we see having that you know, farewell kiss, they were married off the island before they came back. They had a life together. They cared for each other. Just things weren't working out, right? They they weren't ready for whatever was going on. So, I guess, I mean, considering they had, I mean, they had, seemed to have a pretty good relationship. Right, so I, maybe that is the answer, that uh, Jack and Kate were meant to be and Sire was with Juliet, which works for me, but as I'm saying these words, I can hear someone pounding on their, you know, radio right now, so I think I'll, I'll stop with this specific line of conversation. So, they get sent off. They jump off the cliff, you know, a great uh, sort of leap of faith for the two of them there. And Jack basically takes Hurley back and gives him the opportunity. He says, you know what? It's supposed to be you. And to me, it's great that Hurley gets picked for a number of reasons, but also because in the last episode, he's the one who goes, Whew. I don't care who it was, you know, I'm just glad it wasn't me. And then here he is, he gets, you know, the he gets handed the cup. He gets uh, handed the protection of the island because Jack has what he has to do. I thought that was very cool. I was thinking, though, that the incantations are what mattered. And I didn't, I didn't see Jack reciting. Say anything in, in Latin. Y- yeah. Well, I'm, 
is it the act of giving the yes. water in itself? Yes. Is I, it? I think what we've, I mean, we've had this conversation before when we're like, oh, you know, when mother hands it off to Jacob, there's the ceremony, the incantation, the wine and the cup, right? And so you think that's what it, that's how it's done. But then when uh, Jacob hands it off to Jack, it's a tin cup. There's no wine. They're just drinking it out of the stream. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, so that act must be what does it. Um, although some people, when they saw the look on Jack's face, when he drinks uh, the water out of the stream, they said that Jacob turned it into wine. That, mm. that that's the look on his face that he's that he's experiencing an unusual taste sensation. I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but in any case, so again, they remove more of the mysticism from that handoff moment. So that's here, true. now you don't even have a cup; it's a water bottle that's just there, you know. And they're drinking not even the particularly clean-looking stream water to hand it off to Hurley. So I think this progression is telling us that it's not the ceremony, it's the simple and internal accepting of that role. But Mm -hmm. that's definitely a good question. So in any case, he hands it off to Hurley. Hurley's, you know, really overwhelmed. Uh, Like he says, Jack says to Desmond, this for real this time, I'll see you in another life, brother. You know, because he does. He does see him in another life. That is literally what they see. So it's I just could, it, it could have been a cheesy cool. line, but I, I have to say I really enjoyed hearing that. I mean, but specifically between the two of them, specifically because of uh, their initial meeting, the history. And their history, yeah. Them. Absolutely. Uh, so Jack goes in to try and fix things. But meanwhile, yes, the island is shaking and fall. Actually, the islands are shaking and falling apart. Yeah. So that takes us to the sequence where they try to get that plane fixed and get it off the island. I mean, I could almost hear the MacGyver theme when <laughs> it seems like an impossible task. How are you going to get this plane airborne? How are you going to point it down the runway that they just landed on? And they do all of these things. I just thought... It was incredible, almost ridiculous. But uh, again, at that point in the ride, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Duct tape is always the answer. That was a great line. I don't believe in much, Miles says, but I do believe in duct tape. You know, Adam Savage from Mythbusters is a a really big Lost fan. And and a very big fan of duct tape. Yeah, and they've actually, they've done two shows on on duct tape. Right. And they actually, the second one ran just this last week. And so, you know, I was watching the duct tape and I was thinking of him. That was a fantastic. (laughs) line sort of a fantastic development and in many ways i think that was the answer for the fans i mean i can't even begin to tell you how many emails we've gotten and calls about that plane cannot possibly get airborne the window is broken it's you know it's stuck in the trees that runway couldn't support its weight it can't take off and the answer is basically going to be hey they had duct tape deal with it (laughs) that's basically the explanation you're going to get and again like i said i was along for the ride i thought it was great the plane sequence with it taking off a little cheesy, I think, with the cracks in the ground, almost chasing the plane down the runway, kind of like uh, the day after tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, I could have done. I could have done without the, the that cracks in the ground. Drama. Yeah. But I like that when they're doing that, they play the theme. I mean, in terms of the callbacks, the use of music in this episode was very effective. Yes. Even where there wasn't music, as I mentioned, but when they're playing the theme of the raft escaping from the island as the plane is escaping mm-hmm. the island, huh, it got me right in the heart. I thought it was great and. Uh, how many people, Jen, were on the Ajira airplane when it took off? Let's see. Kate, Claire, Frank, Miles. Or Richard. Sawyer. And Sawyer. That's six. Yes, we have another six on the airplane, the Ajira six. So, <laughs> I mean, we were talking about the beginning of the show that maybe the plane doesn't get off the island. The things don't turn out well. But if you talk about this whole island in general being a sequence and a cycle, wouldn't that be kind of fascinating that in the real world, 
the Achira plane lands somewhere in the real world with six people on it that mysteriously survived another plane crash. <laughs> the media is going to go completely bonkers. Like, you know, just a few months after Oceanic 815 was discovered and we had six survivors, look at these six. You know, there's something really weird going on in this universe. I definitely like that that kind of callback as well. And uh, finally, the close of the episode, the close, I'm sorry, of the entire series of Lost is Jack. He turns up in the same sort of waterway that uh, the man in black's body turned up. But at least in this case, he's not dead. So Mm -hmm. he comes to, he wasn't destroyed by putting the cork back in the island and bringing the light back and the water back. Um, And he staggers off to the bamboo thicket, the bamboo jungle, which you know, really hasn't been a factor in the show at all since the very beginning. Nope. And suddenly becomes very key and iconic. Uh, I guess that works for me. And he goes there and he lies down and uh, that's it. You know, he accepts his end. And like we mentioned, the the callbacks, the opening of the series, now the closing of the series, Vincent comes just like in the original, but in this case, he stays with Jack. Yeah, he's he's there as Jack dies. And, you know, that really blows my image of Vincent as, you know, a harbinger of doom. Right. Because, I mean, how can you how can you hate on a dog who, who stays with you as you die? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a sweet dog. He's not a puppy from, from hell. He's not, he's not <laughs> the hound from hell. Uh, for all of the bad omens that he brought, I think that that was definitely a great, role for him and you know going outside of the show the the creators had said that the only person we can guarantee you makes it to the end of the show is vincent and you think they're joking well, and it turned hey, out to be the truth all of the promises that you think they've made all of the things that you think they haven't done that they said they would um when they follow through you got to give them a couple of points absolutely vincent made it that's that's a nice touch um and the final image of the show is the inverse of the first image of the show, Jack's eye closing. Was that what you thought would be the final image of six seasons of Lost? I thought it would either be the eye closing or Jack simply waking up just as he had, you know, in the first shot. But honestly, I really feel like the eye closing was the most logical ending. Uh, it, It was the most poetic ending it was you know it was the simplest ending uh i didn't know it i had so many theories about what that last image would be i saw them back on the airplane again i saw them like you said returning to the pilot once again and this this was all some big cycle i was hoping that it wasn't going to be jack waking up in bed next to a character that he was romantically involved with from party of five you know i didn't want the new heart (laughs) ending certainly but i mean there were so many complex ways that i thought it could end uh jack's eye closing makes sense and especially because again with the context of the flash sideways of them going into the light what we do see is jack's death the end of jack and him closing his eye on the island so i really liked the end um just in the course of having this conversation i like it even more and i think that's definitely a good sign yes Um, even though i still feel i don't understand it all i think that there's so much ambiguity so many loose ends so many unanswered questions and mysteries that they didn't quite get to that we're going to have to argue but a lot that means there's a lot open to interpretation i think that the story arc that we've been following has been paid off what was going on on the island what is the end for these characters what is their resolution and that's what the flash sideways gives us for better or worse for all of those things for revisiting all of the themes and all of the beautiful moments for our characters i 
couldn't have asked for much more for the end of Lost. Damon and Carlton never promised they'd answer all the questions. They promised us that they'd tell the story the way they wanted to tell it. And I appreciate not being spoon-fed every answer to every mystery. I like the idea of us making up our minds as to what the numbers mean or who is in the other canoe. I kind of want to figure that that out for myself. And, you know, I, as far as the journeys that the characters have made, I feel very satisfied. I I do too. Um, I I think that for our next full podcast, we'll probably be in the mindset to think of the things. I forgot about the canoe. I was just in my head. Wait a minute. Claire didn't get on a helicopter. I mean, yes, there are these things that um, we're, going to be left wanting or curious about um but i like that we it might be left to us and when you said we don't want it to be Mm spoon-fed i think that when they have done that for us in this season we hated it we hate it when they explain it so what are we going to do we're going to demand the answers and then perhaps not be satisfied with it because it doesn't fit with our expectations or we come up with our own and we blog and podcast to talk about this for the next year and a half i don't know i think the latter is probably a more attractive um a more attractive path but in any case those are just our initial thoughts on the end the series finale of lost such as they are at this uh, late point in the evening we're gonna have to watch that again absolutely so we are going to watch that again we're going to be back on our regular day on sunday for a full episode of the transmission but for now for this podcast we're going to share some of the first calls from our listeners in you all everybody Hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Adam from Grapevine, Texas. I've been with you guys since the transmission was just a segment on Hawaii Up. Oh, my wife is in tears. Uh, i am uh, got a few little tears in the corner of my eye, too. What a great show. What a great series. Uh, what a great podcast. Uh, my wife wanted to let you know that we will be coming to the island at some point in the future, and we demand, or should I say request, a, a tour with you guys, <laughs> if, you, if you'll let us do that. Um, like I said, we love the show, both Lost and the podcast, and uh, we're sad to see that it's over, but what an ending. Uh, thanks, guys, for everything you've done. Bye. Ryan and Jen, this is Anthony and my wife, Jean, from Union Beach, New Jersey. Wow. My wife is sitting here bawling. My allergies are kicking in. I can't see straight. Um, they brought it home. Very nice. Very pleased. I don't know what else to say. Thank you, guys, also. Mahalo, namaste. Wow. I'm amazed. Thanks. Hi, Jen and Ryan. This is Brian in Texas. I liked it. It had a lot of heart. And uh, that was great when Vincent came and lays down beside Jack right there at the end. It was good. Hey, Ryan and Jen. It's Deborah from North Carolina. Um, I am confused. And (laughs) my son is yelling, what just happened in the background? The best I can do is that the space-time continuum is not fixed. 
it's flexible, so the losties are created the sideways reality, and now that they've regained the memories from the island, they are able to um, transcend the constraints of time and up with one another in the sideways reality, regardless of when or if they died or not, uh, because that no longer matters now that they're able to cross the boundaries of time. That's that's the best I can do. I'm so looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Bye. Hey, Ryan and Dennis. It's Chris from Maryland. I'm... <laughs> that was a great episode. I'm I'm glad. I like the way they ended it. Um, it was amazing. I'm gonna be watching it. And um, good job on you guys' podcast. I'm listening since since the very beginning. You guys are great. All right. Um, take care. Bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen. Uh, wow, what an incredible episode. Uh, I don't think they could have have written a more beautiful last 15 minutes of the show. I just thought it all it summed up uh, how everybody should feel um you know it wasn't about really how much we enjoyed the show it was it was have didn't have anything to do with uh how the show ended it was all about um you know uh taking the ride with these characters and caring about them for the full six seasons and uh not only that but just uh, you know enjoying the show with your friends and families and discussing it with you guys and the community and like i said it was just uh i just thought Thanks a lot, Ryan and Jen, for uh, doing this podcast for over the years, and um, and Aloha, and I'm I'm glad that uh, Jack didn't have to dial in. I'm glad Vincent was there with him. All right. Uh, hey, Ryan and Jen, this is Jack from uh, Wisconsin, and we just finished watching the series finale of Lost. Oh boy, I am in a, an emotional wreck right now because uh, oh, this show has been like my life for six years, and seeing that. Oh, that end scene was just incredible, and, um, oh, if I keep on talking, I'm just gonna, oh, crap, I don't know what you said on the radio, anyway, um, uh, I just want to thank you for your podcast, and anyone that's listening there, thank you for being on this amazing journey, um, aloha. Hi, Ryan and Jen. It's James calling from Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Um, I've I've only been listening to your guys' podcast for, I don't know, a couple months now, and I was understanding everything so well until this finale. Um, all I can say is I'm lost. Holy freaking crap. Um, I, I don't know. The purgatory. They promised us it wasn't purgatory, but apparently that's that's what it seems to be. Um I still don't understand a few things as as far as Eloise's discussion with Desmond about them leaving. I mean, I don't understand where would they stay in, in purgatory. I, I don't understand, but I'm hoping the rest of the lost listeners and lost viewers uh, uh, can help me out with that. Um, thanks for everything, and uh, it's been a wild six years. Thanks. Holy freaking crap. This is Jason and Kyle from Connecticut. We got one... Uh, one thing to say about the uh, show, the last final uh, episode of Lost, uh, the end, the whole flash sideways was created by Hurley at the uh, at the very end when Ben says, this is your, you know, it's your island, you do what you want to do, so Hurley created this whole alternate ending that way, everybody would, you know, meet up in the end and be happy, uh, that's all we have to, uh, to add to it, but uh, yeah, love the finale. Hey, Ryan and Jen, it's Jeremy in Rochester. 
I've been listening to your podcast all the way back to season two, uh, and I have really enjoyed it. But it is about three minutes after I finished watching the end of Lost, and I am just still completely breathless. And I couldn't imagine a story ending the way that it did and being so satisfying. It reminded me so much of Lord of the Rings that it it was a, a great honor or homage to the to the great stories that have come before it and it was one of the most satisfying journeys I've ever had in my years of watching television and it, we will miss it next year. Brian and Jen, I thank you so much for taking the journey with us and doing all the work you've done. I really enjoyed the transmission and I'm looking forward to uh, pop spotting. So take care and I'm going to stay lost. Hello, Ryan, Jen. And Jen, this is Jerry from Dayton, Ohio. And I just finished watching the final episode of Lost. And overall, I'd have to say I really did enjoy the episode, especially the the reuniting of uh, of the characters that died and came back. But um, the ending, it was kind of confusing that we come to find out that they were all actually dead, and although they died at different times, I guess, later in their lives, and they decided to come back at uh, the funeral. So I guess the sideways, in the sideways, they were really dead. So it's interesting, although I don't know. I know there's going to be a lot of people who don't like it. Well, I'm not in love with it, but it's not going to run my evening. Um, there is, on a side note, though, I, I read Stephen King's book, Under the Dome, and I know Stephen King has spent some time hanging out with the writers of Lost, and in his book, Stephen King just wrote, Under the Dome, there's a section in there where it says that there's going to be a spinoff to Lost. His book is set a little bit in the future. So who knows, maybe there's a spinoff somewhere, even though I didn't hear about it, or maybe Stephen King was just joking. Well, nevertheless, thank you for your your series, and um, I guess the curtain's closing. Hey, Ryan and Jen, this is Joe calling in from PA, and Lost just officially ended five minutes ago, and I'm still processing everything that happened. It was amazing. It touched me in my heart, and I don't think any show will ever do what Lost did to me. It ended like it began, and it was phenomenal, and I'll never forget it. Thank you for the podcast, guys. Hey, Ryan and Jen. It's Jason from Minnesota. Well, I think that was the best two hours and 20 minutes of Lost I've ever seen, but man, those last 10 minutes, I think I'm just more confused than anything else. I don't know what's going on. And uh, that uh, that answer in the sideways is a little bit too close to purgatory for me. I thought we had the promise that uh, it was absolutely not purgatory, but man, that's close. So uh, I guess I'm still processing and probably have to watch it a few more times before I fully understand what's going on. And I may never get that. So, uh, But thanks to you guys for everything you've done over the last uh, last six years. So uh, talk to you guys later. Ryan and Jen, what's up? John from North Carolina. Um, I really thought the ending was beautiful, guys. Um, how it ended, I know y'all guys, I know you guys like said, oh, they won't bring back the eye thing. And, you know, I was thinking, well, if they do that, it'll probably be cheesy. But I didn't think it was cheesy at all. I thought it ended beautifully. The Flash Sideways was very Return of the King-esque. 
and I like it. I think some people are going to be a bit confused by it and understand. But, I mean, I thought it was beautiful. Can't wait to hear what y'all think. There's a lot of stuff that I could talk about, but I could just go on and on forever, and I'll just listen to y'all talk about it. But, um, really can't wait to hear what y'all think. I thought it was great. Can't wait to buy it. And, um, I can't believe it's over. Thanks for everything y'all have done. Uh, and I hope y'all... Everything is good with y'all from here on out. And I will talk to y'all later. Bye. Hey, it's Logan from Wisconsin. Just started, just finished watching the episode and, uh, super confused at my lost party. <laughs> and We're all here. At the lost party. It was um, an episode that I didn't see. What we <laughs> wanted to know is that they had the flashbacks and then the flash forwards, but what do you call the other one? What do you call it? Is it like Flash Spiral? I I, I want to put that forward as a name. And did they go to Purgatory and then to Heaven, or did they go to Purgatory and to Hell, or is that just some random shit? Or did they yeah. really die in the first episode? So, uh, that, yeah, get back to that. What is Ross? And it is funny because the person sitting right next to me is named Jacob. Ironic, huh? <laughs> so, uh, that's I guess, see ya. Hi. Yeah, hi, Ryan and Jen. Uh, this is Lyle from Michigan. Uh, long-time listener, uh, recent poster, uh, first-time caller. Uh, don't know what to say other than I don't think they could have had a better ending for the fabulous six years that it's been. Thanks again for everything that you guys have done. Mahalo. Hey there, Ryan and Jen. This is Matt from Cleveland for the last time. Um it was the finale. First reaction, I it, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was an excellent way to end the series, and it was simple and predictable, which I found to be possibly the most unpredictable turn of events in Lost ever. I can't sing the, pra- the praises of this finale enough, but I, I might have to say I cried harder and more during the last 15 minutes of this show than I did at the end of The Candidate. Thanks so much for putting in all the years of service for us that you did. It was an excellent. I'll miss you guys. Bye. Hi, Ryan and Jen. This is Megan from Virginia. Um, wow. I am very sad, but it was a beautiful finale, and I bawled like a baby at the end when Vincent laid next to Jack, and I cried when Sora and Juliet finally um, made it together, and I cried when <laughs> when uh, uh, Claire had Aaron, and Charlie was there, and Kate, and oh, it was just beautiful. I'm really going to miss it. And I usually I, I rewatch the episode um, the next day, but I think I need a break. I don't think I can cry anymore. But I um, can't wait to hear what you guys say. And um, I'm going to go home and hopefully not cry anymore. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. You guys are awesome. Bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Miss Sal in New York. We just a few seconds ago saw the final non-thud lost. Boy. That was moving and wonderful and beautiful, and I don't understand. I don't understand when they died or if they were in purgatory the whole time, which would be 
ironic to say the least, but anyway, as sad as I am, I really liked it. And if they're all happy in heaven or whatever it is, then that's okay with me, I guess. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. And mahalo, everything. Hello, this is Richard from the Bronx, New York. Long-time listener, first-time caller. It was awesome. I, I, I love the episode. But as usual, it left me with more questions. But now that I know I'm not going to get any more, I'm not so upset about it. It's okay. It was great. I love the act between Jack and Kate and Sawyer and Juliet. I, you guys pegged it. It was Juliet all along. And this show was great. This, this show was really great. And I'm glad to see that you guys won't be wrapping up shop but doing something else. I'll be listening and looking forward to it. Mahalo. Hey, Ryan and Jen. It's Rebecca. I just finished watching the series finale. I can't believe it's over. And it's kind of confusing, but the way I interpreted the finale was that the island was real, it all happened, and this sideways world was the place they created so they could all meet again. I think that's the way Christian put it. And that was, in a sense, their purgatory, uh, their limbo, before they move on. Uh, Christian also says they all died at different times, and some before Jack, some after Jack. So I'm assuming and hoping <laughs> that Richard, Miles, and um, and some of our people on the plane, Frank Lapidus, I was glad to see him back. And I'm, I'm hoping those that got away on the Eurasia flight, you know, lived long, full lives off the island. Uh, that's how I chose to interpret the finale. I'm sure there are plenty of people who could interpret it different ways, but I think it's worth pointing out um, in the room with the coffin where Jack and his father had their final conversation, the stained glass windows had symbols from every major faith, um, especially those that have been referenced on the show, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism. It was all there, all of the symbols in that entire room, and especially in the stained glass window. So I'm really looking forward to your podcast. Um, it was kind of a meh finale for me. It was good. It wasn't great. Um, but it was one hell of a ride, and I'm really looking forward to your uh, your podcast. Thank you so much for six years of, of great work. You've really enhanced my off experience. Thank you. Bye. Mahalo, Anui Loa. Thank you very much for those calls and for the many, many other calls still coming in on the Lost Line. Comments are, of course, still streaming in on our blog. Over 400 right now as we record late at night for Monday morning. And, of course, lots of emails as well. It's obvious that we've only just begun to process the end of Lost. So we will be back in a week with a regular episode of The Transmission devoted to the series finale. We're going to stumble through a recap in significantly more than eight minutes. We're going to share more of our thoughts uh, after we've had more time to gather them. And then, of course, we're going to get to even more reactions from you all, everybody. Then we'll take a couple weeks to pull together a show to look at season six as a whole, from the birth of the Flash sideways to the temple to Jacob and the man in black to the very last closing thud. This final season, like all seasons of Lost, has had a very distinct path and personality. So we would like to take a look back at this 18 and a half hour journey and hear your favorite character moments 
plot twists and answers. Yep, with your help, that show will hopefully be out on June 6th. And then for our final transmission, we'll take one last step back and we'll reflect on the whole of Lost. Not just the entire show or the entire story, but the experience. Uh, please tell us about your favorite episode or moment of all time. Or, of course, tell us what the Lost journey has been like for you. Because, as we've certainly been saying a lot lately, it's been amazing, a life-changing trip for the two of us mm -hmm. uh, so be ready for that and we're going to aim for a june 20th release for that podcast of course the conversation doesn't ever have to end you're always welcome to check in on the blog because periodically we'll post some fun topics like unanswered questions or favorite characters or favorite moments and we'll also let you know about other rewatches or blogs or forums that will be out there where fans will be getting together absolutely and at the request of some of our blog regulars we finally better late than never set up a fan page on Facebook. So if you've always wanted to put a face to some of the names that you've been hearing or reading on the blog, we definitely encourage you to come by and uh, like us if you like us. Uh, we hope you like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost cast even though the transmission will end next month we're not really going anywhere and we really want to stay in touch with everybody you can always email us or catch us on twitter or facebook and hopefully soon you'll be able to catch us over at pop spotting if we get our act together absolutely for now though remember we still want your feedback for the series finale the end this week so please come by and share your thoughts on the blog at hawaiiup.com slash lost Email us at lost at hawaiiup.com or call and leave a message on the lost line at 815-310-0808. Now, to close out this shortwave transmission, we'd like to share a brief but beautiful special Lost song. We are all huge fans of Michael Giacchino, and perhaps no melody moves us more than life and death. And we certainly heard it tonight as well. Well, I wanted to share this rendition. It was created by Jared Mathis. Now, he's a big, big fan of Lost and a high school band teacher out in Andover, New Jersey. And uh, you may know him already as the composer of the theme song to the Geronimo Jacksbeard podcast. Well, he recently recorded this for them, the life and death theme on ukulele. And, uh, well, as soon as I heard it, I knew that it would be a perfect coda for this episode of The Transmission. So close your eyes, take a deep breath, let's listen, and just remember. Stay lost. Stay lost, folks. Aloha.
This podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com. Aloha from the island, Lost fans. You are tuned into The Transmission. This is a podcast devoted to the show Lost on ABC. I'm Jen. What? <laughs> I am Jen. You're Jen? <laughs>